Hello, this is Maurice Harker. I'm glad you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. What you're about to listen to is a set of principles that come from the discoveries I've made as a therapist working with married people and people fighting for self-mastery. And so please enjoy what you're listening to. And then when you want more advanced training, look us up at Life Changing Services, especially if you're a married person, check out the Marriage Repair Workshop and the Lazarus Lectures. Enjoy what you listen to. We're now going to move to the GPS current location or the beginning of the journey. We've talked about the end of the journey, where we're gonna go. Now we're gonna talk about the beginning. And one of the most important parts of the beginning of, of any long journey is when you gather supplies for that journey, when you gather resources for that journey. So we're gonna tap into, as usual, one of my favorite uh, concepts called the pioneer journey, the pioneer woman's journey. And now I, I want to be delicate as the way I teach this because it's going to be offensive to some people and enlightening to others. And sometimes it's both offensive and enlightening. How nice is that? That you can have two in one package, like an Oreo cookie. Never mind. That's an ADD moment. We'll come back to that one never again. Okay. Let's pretend that you have just finished having a wonderful experience with a giant piece of paper and a map. And you have looked at where you want to go and your promised land and how far away it is. And so as a normal woman does before taking a journey, she busts out a big notebook and starts making a list of all the things that she's going to need for that journey. We're going to need this. We're going to need this. And as your husband thinks, we need the kitchen sink and stuff like that. Okay. But you start making a list of all the things that you need and you're being very thorough. Why are you being thorough? Because you don't want to be stuck in the middle of nowhere with inadequate supplies. And then you go to the mercantile store to gather supplies and you're throwing stuff in your basket and you're getting ready for the long journey to make sure you have all your needs. And yeah, there's that word needs. We're going to sneak that word into our conversation multiple times because everybody knows about needs. Remember that seven books you read about getting your needs met? Mm-hmm. We're going to be referring to that today. So you're there in the mercantile store and you're gathering everything to fill up your basket for your needs. And then someone comes up to you and says with a facial expression, what are you doing? Like, I'm getting ready for the journey to the promised land. And they're saying, why do you have so much stuff in your basket? And you say, because I have needs. And they say, well, don't you know you're going to meet a guy who's going to meet most of your needs? You don't need all that stuff. You're going to meet a traveling companion who's going to meet your needs So go ahead and chuck a bunch of that stuff out of your basket because you'll be fine because someone's going to be there for you when life gets hard. And so you go, oh, thank you. So I don't need this and I don't need that and I don't need this and I don't need that. And so you throw those aside. Look, I'm saving money. I'm saving time. Why does that sound irrational? Why is that irrational? Why does that not make sense? But look at how we often train our developing youth. There are lots of philosophies like, you should look for someone who completes you. How do I know whether or not I should marry this person? Do they meet your needs? Look at some of the sneaky phrases that are in our mate selection process, where it's almost as if there's a version of encouragement to have needs before you enter marriage so that someone's meeting those needs or empty gaps. 
Now let's tap into some reality here for a second. And let's think back to those poor little 22 year old girls, those poor little 20 year old girls. We all know they're kind of missing a few things in their basket anyway, like we weren't, but they are right. Those girls, whew, wow. They all think I'm ready for marriage. And you're like, oh my gosh, you are not ready for marriage, but I was at that age. Okay. So let's resign ourselves to the reality that ain't nobody actually ready for marriage when they get married. Is that a fair enough statement? We just all think we are. We got some weird arrogance or hope or whatever it's called. For men, it's arrogance. For women, it's hope. Something like that. So we get married. So we meet some guy along the way as we get ready to pull out of St. Louis on our journey. And he says, you know what? I'm so excited because I have some things in my wagon. I can't see inside of your wagon, but I'm assuming you got a whole lot of stuff in that wagon for me. But I'm not going to say that out loud. I'm just going to say, like, I got stuff for you. You can bring some things for me. And then only for like the first year or three or seven or 10, as you proceed in the journey, he keeps coming to your wagon and saying, I'm noticing I'm low on things. Uh, would you mind meeting my needs? Uh, I've got some more needs for you. Hey, I've got more needs for you. I've even got more needs for you. Hey, I got a whole bunch of needs for you. I read a book somewhere that says, bring your list of needs to your spouse. And when we're all the read, who's read that book? There's a, what, 20 books out there that say, when you have a need, write it down, take it to your spouse and say, I have a need. I'm going to stand here on the side of your wagon waiting for you to meet my need. That makes so much sense unless you're crossing the plains in covered wagons and the person says, oh, I ran out of bacon a week ago. You're like, but I need bacon. So I'm going to stand here until you bring bacon. But I don't have any bacon, but I need bacon. I don't have any bacon, but I need bacon. Can you see this becomes these giant disagreements in relationships? Didn't when you said you would marry me, didn't you promise to meet some needs? Now we don't need to get graphic about it. Haven't the guys brought some needs to you that you're supposed to be fulfilling for them? Okay. Do we need to get into details on that one? And you're like, um, no bacon today. We're out of bacon. He's out, but I need bacon. Okay. Like there's no bacon here. I don't know what you're going to do. You have to make breakfast with something berries. How about berries? Can you see how I've worked really hard to address very delicate and painful topics with some comedy? Because we all want to throw up when we think about the reality of those situations, right? It's, it's too painful to discuss it directly. How many times have you found yourself in a position where someone is starting to be mad at you and mean and directly unpleasant or passively aggressive because you're not meeting their needs? Now, the scary thing, ladies, is to flip the mirror around. How many times are you in need and you fall apart because he's not meeting your need? So let's look at what actually happened as they crossed the plains, at least what we hope happened. What we hoped happened was the first time or maybe even before people had the sensation of having needs crossing the plains, someone had this great idea that says, Oh my goodness, I'm looking around me and I'm seeing nature. I'm seeing what God has left along the trail that might help meet our needs. So I'm going to go to what God is providing to gather supplies for the journey. Who knew that that might be a good idea? So he says, I'm going to go look for things to gather. I'm going to bring back antelopes and buffaloes and beavers and cool stingling like that. And she's going to gather things as well. A bigger antelope than the one he got. She was supposed to just get berries and water, but she brought home the bigger antelope. <laughs> okay. Nope. <laughs> Thank you very much. The point of the matter is we just kind of make it a, a systematic process that everyone's going to go gather as much as they can, not from the other person's wagon 
but from nature, from where God provides things. And then we're going to pool our resources with the idea that we are contributing every day. Now, ladies, it's quite possible that the, a high percent of you, of you already had this mindset correct going in. And you were under the assumption that the other person was thinking this way too. Many of you had a pretty healthy mentality of my job every day is to gather resources as much as I can and have surplus by the end of the day. If that system works, if that system works, we can make the whole journey never running out of resources, never starving, never being too cold and live happily ever after. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.